and welcome to the Essential Property Podcast with your hosts, Paul Samuda and Amanda Woodward. With 45 years of combined experience in the world of property buying, selling, investing and developing, they are here to share with you their knowledge in the Stoke-on-Trent, Newcastle-under-Lyme and Crew property market. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Essential Property Podcast with your host, me, Amanda Woodward. And today I am thrilled to share with you that Project 1B, now known as One Batterson, is live. We launched end of August with our first full month in September. We're live, we're open. Our guests are thoroughly enjoying their time at One Batterson. So I'm just going to spend the podcast today updating you on what is effectively Blog 5, which is our launch blog. So we opened the doors, we had the photographs taken, the place looks absolutely fabulous. But I just want to talk through what got us to that stage during that launch process, just so you can be sort of fully updated on on the process that we followed. So we ended the last blog, blog four, saying that we were pretty much ready to launch. We were just finishing the fixtures and the fittings and the furnishings. So the photographer was booked and he came in and did a promo video, which you can see on the website. We've got a dedicated website, which is onebatterson.co.uk. And we have a promo video there, as well as a longer video that we have lots of photos. We also had some 360 tours done, which are great because they're those kind of tours that you can use your cursor to move around the room. So they look really good as well. We have a great photographer that does all of our work. So Richard came in. So that's all now live online for everybody to see. From an operational standpoint, we had to put together the cleaning team and the maintenance team. Now, we are cleaning the building there three times a week, Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays to make sure that it's in tip top condition. We do have two kitchens. We do currently have around about 15 guests in the properties. It's important that we keep the place really nice, clean, tidy and sparkling. So we were umming and ahhing on what to do in terms of the cleaning side of things. But we are working with a fantastic company who have got a sizable team, big enough to be able to clean there regularly. And they are doing a fantastic job. I'm really, really pleased with them. The feedback we've had from the guests is equally as good. So that's a, a huge bonus. Maintenance team-wise, we have put together some contracts with the team that actually did the build so that uh, whether it be the heating engineers and the plumbers and the joiners and the electricians, etc. So if we have any issues, we can obviously bring them back in. They know the building, they know the layout. So we know that we're covered there on the maintenance side. And then the marketing. So all the marketing is out there online, both on the short, mid and long stay platforms. And we've had a real mix of guests, you know, i.e. some shorter staying guests, some medium and some, some longer term guests in there as well. So we launched, we opened end of August. Paul and I were away for July and August. So we're just getting the, the finishing touches ready when we got back. We launched end of August. Our first full month was September. Now we have live 12 units, a mix of ensuite rooms, kind of superior suite 
rooms and also some studios. We got 12 live and the revenue generated in our first month was £11,260, just short of £1,000 per room for the month. So we were over the moon with that. And it's our job now to create that consistent revenue stream from the building, both for ourselves and our investors. Our investors on this particular project are based overseas. They're relying on us to deliver that income and deliver those profits for them, for us as a joint sort of entity. And that's our our laser sharp focus, really, to focus on how can we offer an amazing product, which is what we've been working on all year. How can we make this product amazing so that people want to come and stay with us? And by doing so, we can generate revenue and profits for ourselves and our investors as well. So that's good. We're live. We're out there. We're getting business. That's exactly what we plan to do. But I just wanted to share with you what I think is probably a theme for this project. So just going back to the beginning, it's been a whole two years since we first viewed this property. So just rewind back to the summer of 2021, we were still sort of either in the middle or coming out of COVID. I can't even remember now. I know I met a lot of people at the property in a mask, so probably well well in the middle of COVID. And that's when we agreed to buy the building. We said to the lovely owner, we want to buy it. We negotiated on the price, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And we purchased it with the condition that we would only buy it if we got planning. So the agreement was set up and... Planning with Stoke-on-Trent City Council took exactly a year. We got our planning permission agreed September 2022. So it took a whole year to go through that process. And that was fairly excruciating, if I'm honest. We had to fight and fight and fight to put our scheme through. So that took a year. And then, you know, coincidentally, another one year later, September 23, we launched. So it's taken two years to get to the point of actually having a paid guest walking through the door. A year in planning. And then we actually started the refurbishment January this year. So it took us sort of eight months, really, to take what was, you know, an old building that needed lots of love and lots of TLC and created 12 fabulous rooms. So we're quite happy with that time scale. But the theme through this project for me is to not accept the status quo or to not always accept the guidance that you're getting from your team or the professionals around you and push and push and push for what you want. As an example, when it came to planning, we wanted this particular scheme to go through. We were working with our architect, but we were so dead set on what it was that we wanted to achieve. We would take the guidance of the team around us, but we always had you know, our outcome of what we wanted and how many rooms we wanted and what the layout was going to be. And we had to really battle with planning to do that. And we had to overcome the objections. We spoke on a previous podcast episode, a previous blog, that we had to go to like a meeting with all the local residents. And we got completely, you know, abused at that meeting. People were hurling abuse at us. We had sort of the the local residents not particularly happy, which I'm pleased to say now they seem fairly happy with what we've created. A couple in particular uh, love the building. So I'm really pleased that we've managed to win them round eventually and that their concerns and objections have been overcome. And all the the fears and the worries that that they thought would come with the building haven't come. I'm not saying that something will never come. You know, we might have to handle, you know, the odd bad tenant here and there. But so far, so good, which I'm really, really pleased about that for the local community. Once we got through planning, the next kind of 
hurdle, I guess, building control, talking about regulations, talking about what we need to do to the building. And we were getting certain advice around sort of sound and insulation, which we weren't really to in agreement with so we went away and did our own research I mean I even have a copy in front of me here of the different building regulations of 2010 I've got sort of part b on fire we were going through different regulations around sound insulation and you know we did our own research and came back and said I know you're asking us to do x I think we can probably do y and we did manage to get some favorable outcomes in terms of what we needed to do to the building from a soundproofing and insulation perspective. Not that we don't want to do anything, because it's important that one, we create comfort for the guests inside through sound, and two, we insulate the building as we do pay the bills. It's also advantageous for us to do that. But as a developer, you will know there's only so much you can do within your scope and within your budget. So we had a few back and forths on that. But we managed to bring our own research to the table and get a few small wins there in terms of the building control side. And even when it came down to fire safety, I've recently had a conversation with the fire service in Stoke-on-Trent, whereby they were suggesting that we needed to do something to the building. I wasn't sure that that was exactly the case. I think they were going... Um, a little bit above and beyond what we were doing. For example, I know that we can apply a very, very simple single evacuation process to that building. They were suggesting that we needed sort of a horizontal, more complex type evacuation plan, which we don't. So I think the learning through this project was to know your stuff so you can challenge the advice that you're getting if you need to and to be able to support that with evidence. So as I say, I was going through part B of the building regs, going through all the fire safety regulations and saying, you know, I know you've advised us of this, but I think we we only need to do that to pass. And still putting everything in that's needed, but not doing things that just aren't relevant. So again, that, that, that's the theme for this one. Know your stuff, know your onions, as the saying goes, and challenge your advisors to make sure that you're getting you know, the very best advice and the, be- and, and the best advice that works for you and your project. Who else were we challenging? It felt like challenging everybody. Oh, the builder. So our quote, as you can imagine, developers am- am- among listening to this podcast, you will know, Cost of builds, you know, during COVID, post-COVID, and even now has dramatically increased. And our budget from when we agreed to buy the project back in 2021 kind of got blown out of the water, really, come when we went got to start the project a year later. So you heard on the previous blog, the original quote that we got went up considerably. We decided to project manage the build ourselves. We believe that we were experienced enough to do so, and the project shows that we were. It was just a little bit more time effectively we probably would have spent the same mental effort working with the builder and the plans and the design and so on but it was just a little bit more time on site so I would be there every week once a week usually on a Tuesday I would head to site just coordinating the trades checking on the quality which we would have delegated previously to the main contractor but we took that on and we have saved considerably 
I think we managed to save around about 100k, just short of 100k by project managing it ourselves, which we would only recommend if you are experienced enough to do so. We felt that we were, we believed we could do it. And I guess the proof is in the pudding. We've developed this fantastic building. And I think it's also given us the confidence probably to go on and do something bigger. Now, 12 rooms are live, but you would have heard in the previous blog, we have got planning for 19 rooms and up to probably about 25 people across those 19 rooms. So phase one is live, that's the 12. And phase two and three is the remaining seven rooms plus a kitchen. And that's taking place at the moment. In fact, phase two is at plastering stage. And before Christmas, we'll be going into second fix. So I'm hoping in the new year, I'll be sharing with you that we're almost ready to launch another three rooms plus the kitchen. And then we just have the remaining four to do probably by the spring. And then at the end of spring, we should have all 19 rooms and suites there available. So it's a real beast of a building. And I'm very, very excited about that. But just back to the theme, challenge your advisors, make sure you're getting the best advice and know your stuff. When it comes down to fire, we have received a lot of requests recently from our landlords for fire risk assessments. And it seems now that the majority of lenders are requiring a fire risk assessment for your HMO for refinancing or even on purchase. So I have been spending a little bit of time with an incredible guy called Seamus Higgins. He's my Yoda, as I call him. He's my Yoda on the subject of fire safety, fire risk assessments. And he's been acting as my trainer, a mentor, educator, I guess, on this whole subject. And I have managed to bend his uh, arm and he is going to come on a future podcast and talk to us all about fire safety in HMOs and in serviced accommodation. Because I think a lot of people out there don't realise that if you have a paying guest in your building, even a two-bed terrace that's rented out as SA, you need to have a fire risk assessment for that property. So he's going to come on and tell you all about what you need to know with regards to fire risk assessments. As I say, I've been working with him on a one-to-one basis recently, and what he's taught me has been really enlightening. And we have some some exciting news in terms of a product that we're going to launch in the new year all around fire risk assessments. So I think that pretty much sums up Blog 5. We are live at One Batterson. We're thrilled to be able to share that with you. 12 rooms out there. Check it out online, onebatterson.co.uk. Phase two, sort of just after Christmas, we'll give you a few updates on that. If you're following us on Instagram, I'll try to put a few updates onto Instagram as well. So look out for a few future episodes. We have obviously the amazing Seamus Higgins coming on to share with you about fire safety. I also have an episode by the amazing Wendy Whistler-Large, who's going to be sharing all about HMO council tax by the room and why hopefully that legislation is gone forever. So we have her coming on, as well as an update from Paul on the whole economic situation. We know that's his favourite subject, talking about the economy, a little bit about politics thrown in there as well. And before the end of the year, we will be doing an episode on planning for 2024. We're really big on business planning, business planning for the year, you know, broken down quarter by quarter. So we'll share with you, what we've achieved in 2023 as a company, what we're planning to do in 2024 as a company, and also how you can structure your business for next year as well and just share with you sort of our views on the market and also our views on how property investors can plan their year ahead to get as much sort of productivity and success out of it as possible. So I hope you like the episode. 
and look out for more episode releases coming soon. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. And if so, please hit subscribe and share with those who you think would enjoy it too. To get in touch with Paul and Amanda directly, please visit their website, www.essentialpropertyoptions.co.uk for more information. We look forward to sharing with you on the next episode.